guy. What a beautiful line. I touched the sky when my knees hit the ground. Wasn't that beautiful? Um, I was riding in the car this past week on my way back from a faculty meeting at a point, and um, the guy I was riding with grew up Jewish. I grew up as a Jewish person in New York City, so I mean, he was as thoroughgoing Jewish as they come. Uh, when he was 32 years of age, he came to faith in Christ and talked about how his life had completely changed. One of the things he pointed out, though, and I thought it was kind of amusing, especially given our topic this morning, is that all of his Jewish uncles and cousins and his dad and his grandfather, uh, because the Jewish people honored the Sabbath very seriously, they weren't allowed to turn on their TV sets. They weren't allowed to go to the mall to do some shopping, uh, but that they could kind of walk the fine line of that. And because Sunday was obviously a day for them to watch, actually been Saturday for them, was a day for them to watch football, um, they wanted to be able to find some place where they could watch football without having to turn on the TV sets. So their entire family and all the rest of the Jewish community would go to the electronics departments in places like Walmart and Macy's and at the mall, and they would stand there and they would watch the football games and cheer together. In the, he said they went to Macy's um, and the electronics section watching the football games because, I mean, they didn't turn it on, right? And, so, but, and they were at the mall, but they weren't actually shopping, like they weren't carrying any bags, and so it was legal for them to do this. And so it got me to thinking about our subject matter this morning, and there are really two extremes when we talk about uh, honoring the Sabbath. So this is the fourth commandment, that's what we're taking a look at today, and this idea of observing the Sabbath, two extremes. One of them is there are Christians who believe that these instructions about honoring the Sabbath are still in force today with us as followers of Christ in all of their fullness, just like they would have been with the Jewish people. The only difference is that now the Sabbath has been moved to Sunday for us as Christians. We call it the Christian Sabbath. And these folks, just like the rabbis in Jesus' day, lay all kinds of restrictions on people as far as as it goes in their participation with the Sabbath. It's understood among these people, bless you, that on Sunday you don't go swimming, on Sunday you don't cut the grass, on Sunday you don't do any kind of sewing, on Sunday you don't play any sports, and so that's what these modern day Christians believe is that all the laws, the restrictions about the Sabbath are still in force today. That's one extreme. Um, Now the other extreme is Christians who believe that the Sabbath restrictions are non-binding on us. That is, they see Sunday like any other day of the week, the very same as any other day, that there's nothing special about Sunday at all. You can go do your weekly grocery shopping, you can go to the mall, you can volunteer to do overtime work, no problem. And so our question that I want to ask today and attempt to answer is, which of these folks is right? Which of these two extremes is right? Is there some middle road here between the two of them? What does the Bible actually have to say about honoring the Sabbath? Now, as is our tradition, I would like for us to stand and read these couple of verses together. So if you would, let's read Exodus chapter 20. We'll be reading verses 8 through 11. Again, the reason why we stand, and I'm reminded of this again and again, week after week, is that we need to be reminded ourselves that this is where truth comes from, friends. That truth comes from God's word. There's other sources of truth in this world, our experience, our traditions, our reason, our philosophy, our science. But when those things are out of step with what God's word teaches, we go with what God's word teaches. It's always first. It's always primary. That's why we stand up week after week. So let's read Exodus chapter 20, beginning at verses, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day and keep, keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. 
For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Um, so I just want to kind of talk about this section, this today and uh, try and figure out, well, which of these two extremes is right? Which of these two extremes is wrong? Or is there some sort of middle ground? And in order to do that, I'd like for us to ask three questions. The first of those questions is, what exactly was the Sabbath day all about for the Israelites? Because we're good exegetes of Scripture, that means we're good students of Scripture. We want to understand it in its original context. What did this mean, honoring the Sabbath to a Jewish person? Well, the word Sabbath comes from a Hebrew word which means to rest or to stop. I mean, that's the root of the word Sabbath in the Hebrew, to rest or to stop, to cease. And they were thinking about work, to stop working. Let's be careful here, though, in saying that there is nothing wrong with work. The Bible says nothing about us not working. The Bible says that work is a good thing. It's good to be productive. It's a responsible part of our living here on this earth. Second Thessalonians Chapter 3, verse 11, Paul says, has a problem with the folks in Thessalonica. He says, we hear that there are some among you who are idle. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. Such people we command, verse 12, and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the bread that they eat. Now, the danger here, and this is the danger that the script, that this particular commandment is pointing toward, is the danger of work becoming uh, taking over our lives of work pushing god out of his rightful spot in our lives and so knowing this god decides to reserve one day of the week for himself to tell the israelites in their context in their day to cease to stop working so that they it's a day they can focus on god to not allow work to become the god of their life um it's a day for them to elevate their thoughts to something higher than plowing their fields or washing their clothes or, or, or cooking food, a day for them to elevate their thoughts on spiritual things. I love what one preacher said, Thomas Watson. He said, the business of the weekdays can make a man forgetful of God. The business of the weekdays can make a man forgetful of God. And so the Sabbath was intended to bring God back to man's memory. It's one of the reasons why we gather together. That's what he's saying here. One of the reasons we gather together is to be reminded, once again, because we could get lost in the stuff we do the other days of the week, but one day a week we come together to be reminded of who God is, of our purpose in this world, of his promises to us. Beyond that, though, there were two other reasons why God gave the Israelites a Sabbath. Uh, he also gave them a Sabbath to give them a much-needed break from the daily grind of life. He gave it to them, second of all then, so that, and also, third of all, so that families could be together one day of the week. Notice what God said in commandment number four. He said in verse 10, he said, On it you shall not do any work, neither your son nor your daughter. He went on to say, Not your manservant or your maidservant, not your animals, no one else. Because, see, friends, God understood human nature. He knew that the person he was saying this commandment to would have said, Well, I mean, God's telling me that. He's not necessarily telling my children that. He's not telling the other workers in my household that. He's not telling my animals that they can't go out and do some sort of work for me. And so I'll send them out to do work. I'll send my kids out to do work while I stay at home and honor the Sabbath. And God goes, no, 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 no. That's not what we're talking about here. I want for everybody to stay at home. I want for everybody to honor, to rest, to stop their work. Because the family needs one day a week to just be together. So let's summarize. Commandment number four tells us that God wanted the Israelites to set aside one day a week so that they could go back out and live for God 
better in the week to come by having remembered who he was and remembered what he expected of them so that, number two, they could rest their physical bodies, and number three, so that they could invest in their families and have their families together, which is why Jesus said, Mark chapter 2 and verse 27, he said, this is why the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. He said, this is why the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, the Sabbath by design is for your benefit, for my benefit. It's for us. Now that brings us to a second question. <clears throat> is the Sabbath binding legally? So we understand why, what it meant to the ancient Israelites, but is the Sabbath binding legally for us as Christians today? For instance, as Christians, is it wrong for you and I to go to work on Sunday? Uh, because there's this one extreme that would say absolutely it's wrong to work on Sunday. It's even wrong to turn on your TV set. It's wrong to go shopping at wherever. You, you follow me. That's the one extreme. And so is it wrong for us? Is it legally binding? Uh, is it wrong for us to go to work? Is it wrong for us to swing by the store and pick up some milk and eggs? And the answer biblically is absolutely emphatically no. There's nothing wrong with us working on Sunday. It is not legally binding on us. This is not a moral issue. I'll explain more about that here in just a moment. There is nothing biblically wrong with working on Sunday, nothing wrong with this, because we are not legally bound to observe this commandment. Let me tell you why. Israel, okay, ancient Israel, and the church today are not identical. God doesn't view ancient Israel and the church today as one and the same. That's not the way God looks at things. And everything that God gave Israel does not automatically apply to the church today. And it's interesting that God tells us that every human being in this age, in the church age in which you and I live today, that every human being in our world, God classifies all of us in one of three categories. One of those is either a Jewish person who is non-believing, a Gentile who is non-believing, that is a non-Jewish person who's non-believing, or you and I, that is those people who have put their faith and trust in Jesus, whom the Bible calls, we call Christians. The point is that in God's mind, Israel and the church are not the same entity. Which, and what that means is that not everything God made binding on Israel is binding on us because we are not Israel. You follow me? Okay. The Sabbath was strictly made in covenant between God and Israel. That honoring the Sabbath is part of the Old, Te- Old Testament, which has been done away with in Jesus Christ. And the part of the Old Testament that it qualifies is, is as a ceremonial law. Let me explain. In the Old Testament laws, and all the Old Testament, especially in the first five books of the Old Testament, refer to those as the Pentateuch, these laws can be broken down into three categories. First would be uh, civil law, the second would be moral law, and then there are ceremonial laws. You follow that? You got civil law, you got moral law, and then you have ceremonial law. And let me tell you what these are. The first is the civil law. Israel was a nation. And so as a nation, Israel needed civil jurisprudence, things like property disputes, things like uh, uh, grievances, uh, things like remuneration, things like criminal behavior. And they needed a way for them to deal with these issues that would rise up. And so they made civil laws. They wrote civil laws to govern them as a nation. And much of the Old Testament deals with this kind of stuff. Folks, the church is not a nation. We don't need, nor should we have, this kind of civil jurisprudence, and therefore the civil law, you know, you kill a man's cow, you owe him three sheep, right? We don't need that sort of, uh, of, 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 of jurisprudence taking place in our lives today. We're not a nation. Um, second, the Old Testament had moral law, and these are God's eternal principles, right and wrong. 
They are binding on us as they were 3,400 years ago, as much on us 3,400 years ago as they were on Moses and the people of Israel in their day. They're unchanged, and they are still binding on us. How can we tell what part of the Old Testament laws are moral laws? Well, folks, every single Old Testament moral law that is binding on us today is mentioned in the New Testament. Did you know that? Every single moral law that God gave in the Old Testament is binding on us because it was mentioned in the New Testament age. It was mentioned in the New Testament. And it is binding for us as the church. Commandments about lying, commandments about stealing, commandments about cheating, commandments about uh, uh, sexuality. In fact, nine of the ten commandments, for example, are repeated in the New Testament as binding on you and I to keep. And conversely, you should know that there's only one out of the Ten Commandments that we're going to talk about here these these weeks, only one of the Ten Commandments that is not binding on us, and that is today's commandment, commandment number four. It is a ceremonial law, honoring the Sabbath, not turning on the TV set, not going shopping, not picking up groceries, not cutting my grass. That is a ceremonial law, and that's different. It's not a moral law. Um, In fact, if you're not sure about that, Jesus himself argued that this law was no longer in place with the Pharisees. He was constantly arguing with them about the Sabbath, wasn't he? On many occasions, they're like, you can't go heal somebody. Well, let me tell you why I can heal somebody today. Well, you you know, and he would say, he would give all sorts of for instances. And so many times Jesus argued about this very issue that, hey, look, that honoring of the Sabbath, commandment number four, is ceremonial law it's not moral law um paul says the same thing colossians chapter 2 and verse 16 he says therefore do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink that's a ceremonial thing or do you want to go have a barbecue sandwich go for it right or with regard to a religious festival a new moon celebration or a sabbath day these things verse 17 are a shadow of the things that were to come the reality however is found in christ Now, why does the New Testament tell us not to observe the Sabbath days as followers of Christ? The answer is because the Sabbath observance was part of the ceremonial laws. The ceremonial laws, just like the civil laws, are not binding on us in the church age, in the New Testament age. Jesus Christ has completely fulfilled all of those. And so the ceremonial laws, like uh, kosher foods, ceremonial laws like festivals, like observing feast days, the priesthood itself, all of the rituals that were done at the temple, the Bible looks at all these and says they were ceremonial laws and that these were just teaching tools. These were meant to be symbolic of the work, the person, the nature of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were pointing toward him to say that, hey, look, he's going to come and he's going to fulfill all of these things in this one person. These religious activities were meant to teach the Israelites, for example, about the blood covering that the Messiah would provide on the cross through the Passover lamb. We don't have to go sacrifice lambs today at a temple. We now have the lamb of God that has been sacrificed for our sins and has covered our sins with his blood, which means that, um, and and so all of these sorts of things, uh, like the idea of the Sabbath was intended to teach that God would give his people uh, through Jesus spiritual rest. That's what God was intending to teach through this as it was pointing toward Christ. Jesus even said this in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 11, God said at the end of this, you will find rest 
for your souls. Honor the Sabbath and you will find rest for your souls. The point of the Sabbath was to teach that God would give us rest from our weariness of spirit. And so my point is that in Jesus Christ, the Old Testament ceremonial law has been fulfilled and therefore it has been done away with. We no longer have to observe those ceremonial laws. There's no longer a need to observe it any more than there's a need to go and make sacrifices at the temple today. You follow me. may not agree with me. Uh, some of y'all are struggling right now. You're going, Gordon, you're not helping attendance next Sunday right now. <clears throat> Just hang on here. For example, I don't need to celebrate Passover because Jesus Christ is my living Passover. I don't need to sacrifice a lamb to God because I have a relationship with the Lamb of God. I don't need to eat kosher foods because Jesus Christ made me kosher, that is, made me acceptable before God. And just the same, I don't need to celebrate the Sabbath because in Jesus I find my Sabbath rest. That's what the Bible's saying. This is why the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 10 and verse 4, Christ is the end of the law. That is the ceremonial law. Everybody with me? Got civil law, got moral law, got ceremonial law. This commandment, commandment number four, honoring the Sabbath, falls underneath of the, of the category of ceremonial law. As followers of Christ, because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross, we are free from the ceremonial law, and the New Testament tells us to then stay free. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 4, beginning in verse 9, he says, But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable ceremonial laws, those weak and miserable principles? Do you want to be enslaved again? Do you want to go back to not being able to cut your grass and not be able to go get your donkey out of a ditch if it falls in a ditch? Do you want to go back to all this sorts of stuff? Verse 10, you are observing special days. You're observing special months, he says, and seasons and years. Why would you want to do that? It's not necessary, Paul's arguing. Verse 11, I fear that somehow I have ended up wasting my efforts on you because you're back there observing that ceremonial stuff. Listen, are Christians not allowed to eat barbecue pulled pork? I mean, that's really what's at issue here. I mean, <laughs> just to be quite honest with you. I mean, that's, that's really that's what's going on here. And the answer is you can eat all the pulled pork you want to eat. These are ceremonial laws, and Jesus has fulfilled those laws. Therefore, there's no longer any reason to observe these ceremonial laws. Do Christians have to honor the Sabbath? The answer is unequivocally no. No. I'm not done yet with my preaching because you're saying, well, that's great, Gordon. Let's all you know, leave out of here and go meet up at Sonny's, right? I planned that. I expected more, but anyway. <clears throat> Wait a minute here. I said that there were three questions that we were going to ask and answer today. And so the third question, you know what that question is, right? What difference does all this make? To my life because we ask that question every week what difference does all this make me you say well you're telling me that as a follower of christ i'm not legally bound to keep the sabbath it's not like i've committed some moral sin by not honoring the sabbath uh, so my question is does that have anything valuable or applicable to me as a follower of christ what difference does it make to me and the answer is it makes a big difference it is applicable to you and i there's a spiritual principle at work in commandment number four that is extremely valuable for you and me let me share that with you the principle is that God wants us to set aside in our weekly schedule a time of rest. A time to stop the normal routine, 
a time to focus on him, not as a matter of legality, not as a matter of law, but rather as a matter of choice, as a matter of privilege. That's the way God wants us to see this. You say, well, okay, I mean, then we should do that on Sunday, right? Well, listen, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, every day is the Lord's day. And if you choose to honor the Sabbath and to have that day of rest on a Tuesday, that's up to you. You choose to honor that Lord and have a day of rest on Thursday, on Saturday, whenever, that's up to you. But in our American culture, we have chosen, we have set aside the day of Sunday as a day to honor the Lord, a day to have rest. And that's what Sunday represents for us. If you lived in Israel today, the Christian churches that live in national Israel today, because Israel celebrates their Sabbath on Saturday, so the churches have, they gathered together yesterday. They gather together on Saturday. They honor the Sabbath on Saturday because culturally that's when that time is set aside. Um, Sunday for Israelite is the first day of their week. I mean, they're all at work this morning. But for us, Sunday is the most logical day. And why does God want us to do this? For the same three reasons that he wanted the Israelites to do this. Number one, because just like the Israelites, we need a day to recalibrate our priorities, to reset our perspective, our worldview, our values on the things of God. And just like the Israelites, we can grow dull toward God. We can lose our biblical perspective when struggling in a world and and living in the world and being surrounded by its values. The world system is strong. And it pulls us away from, it wants to pull us away from God. It wants to water down our commitment to the Lord. And so, I mean, if we're going to walk with the Lord in power, and if we're going to be used by God in power, then we need this day of the week. Otherwise, we won't be able to fend off the world system from having an effect on our lives. It's a day for us to be reminded of what we value and to allow our focus to set itself on the Lord. We use that term in here a lot on hitting the reset button uh, from all the stuff that happened to us this past week. And that's what we look at Sunday as, as a day to hit the reset button, refocus our priorities. Number two, second reason why we need a day of the week set aside is because just like the Israelites, we need a day of rest. Friends, God designed our bodies to need a break. And if we don't give our bodies a break, our bodies will break. And some of us have come pretty close to experiencing that. Some of us have already crossed over into that and know what that's like when our bodies just finally say, you're either going to stop or something bad's going to happen here physically. And so God designed us to need a break. And we can't defy those laws of the human body. God designed us that way. And finally, number three, our families also need family time together. In a recent poll taken uh, of teenagers, this, I thought this was very interesting, over 75% of teenagers who were asked the question, um, would you rather watch TV or spend time with your family? Over 75% of teenagers said, I'd rather spend time with my family. I found that rather interesting. And so what the Bible is saying here is that through honoring the Sabbath, this is the day for families to come together. It's a time for us to spend time together because we need that god knew we needed that and friends if we're not have a we don't have a dedicated time set aside to do this if we don't have a deliberate day in the week when that happens 
we know that it just won't happen. You know, after Claire and I started dating, I remember we came down to visit her family, and it was on a weekend. And it was, uh, we were there Friday night, and then Saturday night we were going to head back out on Sunday afternoon. And on Saturday night, um, her dad and her brother went outside and lit up the fire, the charcoal or whatever, and, and got some steaks together and started to grill out. And I said, oh, okay, we're having a special thing. And come to find out from Claire uh, on the ride back on Sunday, she said, no, we always do that. It wasn't just because you were here, right? <laughs> she said, we always do that on, on, on Saturday night. And it's a tradition that we've had in our family forever. And uh, it's interesting because, uh, you know, since we've been married, Saturday night at the Campbell's house, the whole family gathers together, the, the new folks into the family and the grandkids and everybody gathers together. And we still do this. And it's a great family tradition. And it's been one of the greatest things that our family has done. We sit, we laugh, we celebrate birthdays, we talk, we work things out. And it's really wonderful. But families need time to be together, need time to be together. Friends, we need a disciplined time to stop and focus on Christ. We need a disciplined time to attune ourselves to the Word of God. We need a disciplined time to restore a biblical worldview to our life. We need a disciplined time to slow down and rest. And we need a disciplined time to be together with our families. A deliberate time set aside every week, a tradition to be together. We need that, need that, not want that, hope we get to have that. God designed us, hardwired us to need that. So let me conclude by asking you a question. How are your Sundays or your Sabbaths, how are they different than the other days of your week? Do they model the things that God, why the reason why God gave us a Sabbath? I mean, are your Sundays deliberately set aside to be with the Lord and to rest and to do things with your family? Do you spend your Sundays or part of your Sundays serving the Lord in some capacity? Do you intentionally spend part of your Sunday doing things that draw you closer to God so that when Sunday is over, you're more ready to hit the ground running for the Lord and to stand strong for the Lord and to not allow the world system to creep in and crush and take over your morals and your values? Do you have that specific time of the week set aside where you're reminded, refreshed, encouraged, challenged, where you come together around the Lord and his word? Well, if not, I'd like to suggest to you that you might consider a lifestyle change. You might consider a lifestyle change. You might consider a priority change. This is why God made the Sabbath. This is why our culture copied this i mean this is god's great blueprint right for us as human beings and this is why our culture copied it on sunday because our culture knew you can't just work 365 you got to take some time off every week and we need to use that day the way the lord designed it to be used and i hope that if you're not that you'll talk to your spouse that you'll talk to your family that you'll talk to your friends and that you'll say there's some things some priorities that I need to set up, some behaviors that I need to set up, some some habits that we need to observe as a family, individually, to stop and put our focus on the Lord, to rest our bodies from work, and to be together as a family. Friends, you make some changes so that your Sunday becomes a day for rest, a day for God, a day for family. And again, we're not legally obligated to this. We're not legally obligated to this. But it's the way God hardwired us 
the way that God hardwired us so that we won't walk out into the week broken, empty, not prepared. Let's pray together. God, the, uh, the world rushes on. It's constantly a go. And people are breaking apart all around us. Families who have not honored the Sabbath, who have not taken this to account. Lord, they're, they're being torn apart. God, may we today, just in some of the things that we've heard, take it to heart and say there's some new habits that need to be formed. There's some priorities that need to be put in place. A day for you. A day to rest. A day for our families to be together. Holy Spirit, as you have prompted us, we ask that you would just, in these moments, allow us to say back to you, yes, Lord, I'll be obedient to your direction, to your leading in my life. We pray these things in Christ's holy name. Amen.